and welcome to another episode of the Being Civil podcast with me, Wayne Gibbons. In this episode, I get to catch up with Noel O'Kelly. Noel is currently working as an executive engineer in the Transportation Department of Galway City Council. Before joining the council, Noel gained about 10 years experience working in multidisciplinary areas, both as a consultant and as a site engineer, where he worked on housing planning and transportation. In this episode, Noel tells us about why he decided to go working straight after graduating with his level 7 degree in civil engineering, and subsequently, after a number of years, why he decided to go back and finish his level 8 honours degree in civil engineering. And, in an exclusive and first-time event for the Being Civil podcast, we even talk about bees and pollination in the context of biodiversity in the city landscape. I'll be back at the end for a little bit of a wrap-up, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy me being civil with Noel O'Kelly. Noel, you're very welcome to the podcast, and thanks for taking the time to meet up with me tonight on, on Zoom, yet another virtual meeting for us all. So, yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for taking part. Hi, Wayne. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me as well. Um, glad to be here and uh, have a chat with you finally after a few years. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with people. And uh, that's one of the kind of silver linings for this whole COVID thing for me has been a chance to kind of focus on this and catch up with people that I haven't seen in a while. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good to see what your what your journey has been like. So I might start off with the same question I ask everybody. First of all, if you can tell us, uh, when did you graduate from GMIT and what happened next for you? And actually, something has just occurred to me there. You actually graduated twice from GMIT with a bit of a gap. So when did you first graduate from GMIT and, and what happened then? Yeah, so uh, when I first graduated in 2006 with the ordinary degree, um, I had planned actually to move on to... Um, at the time, the, the levels, level eight was in the GMIT, so the idea was to move on to Napier and, or to Queen's in Belfast. Um, but I think at the time, it was Brida Joyce who sent around an email just as we were graduating, and there was an architect in, in Salt Hill, Tom Walsh Associates, looking for an engineer. And she said it would be a great experience for a young engineer to get in there and, and to learn all about um, the building, commercial and domestic, and domestic buildings, I suppose, and design. Um, so that's where I kind of landed up after 2006. Um, and it was just supervision, design of commercial residential projects, great experience. Um, we did production of construction drawings, foundation design, site assembly, um, and then preparation of drawings for planning applications, dealing with the client from start to finish, um, on-site supervision of foundation, block work, completion, uh, first and second fixing, everything was involved in it. So you got a complete round, round of experience from from working with Tom Walsh and Associates, it was great and I really enjoyed it. Um, and funnily enough, I stayed there about seven or eight years because I enjoyed the freedom, I enjoyed the, the work. Um, and then I think the downturn then kind of took over the business and it, it had to close down. So I decided what would I do? And at that point as well, um, certification had come in um, where you had to have a minimum level eight um, to be certified and to, to be able to sign off on, on, on projects. Uh, so that's what kind of left me in the loop. So I decided to think about going back to college. Uh, in the meantime, I was actually doing my own designs as well and doing my, a lot of my own projects. So for my own family and friends and neighbors around me, I would do a lot of my own work as well, Wayne. Uh, so what I did there was I decided to go back and see if I could get the level eight uh, completed. So my first point of call was actually to you um, in the GMIT. I think I sent you an email. Um, and I was humming and hawing for a long time because obviously when you're working, 
there's a wage there and you're thinking you're potentially giving that up for a whole year uh, and not only that but you have to pay for fees and keep yourself sustained for the whole year as well so yeah there was a lot of deciding to do and I think you were emailing me there and you were saying Noel if you're making a decision you need to come in soon and sure enough that kind of gave me the kick so I hopped in and I did it now I didn't know what to expect when I came in because uh, obviously it's what, what was it 2016 years since I had been in college previous so what I did was I um went in I think the first class was with yourself as well um went through a few of the classes I was hoping that if I got a pass or a 2-1 I'd be delighted um not knowing what was expected uh thinking that I was kind of out of the loop for so long but um no I did great I actually came top the class and uh got the academic achievement award um and came out with a 1-1 first class honors which I wasn't expecting at all um great experience learned more update about the software with yourself um structures that obviously with chain new and a lot of experience in relation to new technologies such as BIM, Civil 3D. And a lot of those, uh, a lot of that experience came through and really helped me get my first job after graduating with the, with the level eight. So what happened then was I actually, and a lot of it was communication as well. So through the GMIT, I got my first job after that as well. Um, I met with, um, I think it's Mark Deegan down in the, uh, I can't remember where, what's, what department he's in, Wayne. Um, but he obviously used to work with RPS and he said, look, RPS would be looking for someone like yourself, your caliber. Um, would you like to have an interview with them? And I said, no problem at all. And he hooked me up with Mark Costello and RPS, uh, met up with him. We had an interview and I got offered a job straight away. Now, that's roads and transportation. So as you know, Wayne, that's completely different to what I was doing. And I said, well, what am I doing? Um, I, it's a completely new discipline that I've been going into. Um, at my age, taking on a new discipline, starting from the start again, how is that going to work? But it actually worked out brilliantly because uh, with my software experience from GMIT, it really helped me push on and get a, a good rolling start in there at, at, in RPS. They were delighted with my software experience, so I was able to kick into the design. All I need to do was learn the standards. So I went through the TII standards and the DMRB, that's the roads and transportation standards in Ireland and the UK, and, uh, and a lot of the urban design as well. So we just went on through that design, design roads in the UK and in Ireland, did a lot of urban design in, in Ireland and the UK as well. So we were getting both aspects. Um, and around that time, then building information modeling came aboard. So then uh, RPS asked me, do you want to go back to uh, GMIT and do the level eight, um, or the level eight higher diploma in um, building information modeling? And I did that for part-time for two years, uh, completed that then and uh, kept working with RPS at the time. So great thing with RPS is they gave me great training and they were able to push on and, and kind of develop um, my experience in roads. Um, after about two or three years, and I was thinking, what will I do? Um, I've experienced now in roads and I've also experienced in housing and planning as well. So there was good discipline there for a good rounded engineering um, discipline. So I decided to, to apply for a position in Galway City Council uh, as an assistant engineer. Um, I applied for a position there um, and I got, I got a position in our uh, recreation and amenity. I decided to take it, just something new, something different. And I, hopefully I kind of push on and move on from there and gain more experience. And another completely new discipline in, in parks and recreation. Um, it's not like, you know, a lot of people would expect not much of an engineering um, aspect to be in it, but there was. Like there was procurement for the design and upgrade.
creative sports facilities. Um, there was management of staff and obviously of uh, sports facilities itself. So your statutory obligations and your annual inspections for the, for the building that needs to be done. More of a facilities position, but it's, it's still experience. Um, preparation of tenders for sports facilities as well, recreational areas. A lot of that is the same as roads, the same sub base, same, same groundworks that need to be done there, drainage and everything in, in, involved in that. Um, supervising subcontractors, which is a lot of where you will be going from civil engineering, moving on to project um, management, and the preparation of construction drawings and site feasibility reports and so on. So that's, it was actually a great experience there as well. So when I went on then to interview her an executive engineer position, I came at them with housing experience, planning, roads, and now recreation and amenity. And I suppose my, my, I suppose my, my final say on, on an interview when I finished is when they asked, do you want to say anything? And I was like, yep, I have multiple disciplines covered, uh, in-depth knowledge in, the, in that experience and all of them. Uh, and there's not many engineers that can say that. And you'd always get the head nod, would nod and, and the smile and say, well, that's true. Like, so from that, then I got offered a position in, uh, in roads and transportation and uh, as, a, as an executive engineer. So that's where I am at the moment. Wow, that's a very extensive set of experiences there. Um, quite a broad range, Noel, you know, working from housing and then going into, um, you know, the road design and, and parks and rec and, and back into roads in a way. But uh, we'll talk about your, your current roads in a minute because I think it's probably different to your road experience with RPS. Probably not so much about the geometry of junctions and things like that, but we'll come on to that in a second. But I was just thinking as you were talking there, um, you almost deserve to have a loyalty card from GMIT. <laughs> you've, been, yeah. you've been there for so many courses at this stage. So if, you, if, if you're looking for a discount on the next one, um, I'll see if I can do something for you. Please do, please do. <laughs> so, no, it's great. I've answered And the great thing about GMIT is that uh, they'll assess your experience beforehand. Um, you get a recognition of prior learning. Uh, and if that's, if that's suitable, then you're well able to go ahead and do a course. Um, and don't have any fear in taking on anything if you are starting as a mature student. I honestly thought when I went to the course that I would barely get a pass or even lucky if I did. But when you're, when you're a mature student, you spend more time and you're more dedicated to what you're doing. Uh, that's what I feel, I'll be honest with you. And uh, I honestly think that if, if you want to go forward as a mature student, like GMIT give you great options. Um, a, a lot of it is you can do a full-time course or you can do modules as well and continue working. So there's great, there's great choices there. And that's why I probably do come back to the GMIT more often. Yeah, well, it's good to hear. We, we do have, um, I suppose we have a kind of a policy around kind of making it simple for people if we can. For people who are doing part-time work um, and, and maybe who are taking a career break in order to come back and, and study for, for a career progression later on. So yeah, it's, it's always nice to have mature students in the class as well. I think it brings a different can set a different tone in the class I think it's always very useful to have mature students and as you said you are probably a little bit more focused because I don't know about you and you don't have to answer this in in terms of giving any personal information away but in general terms with mature students you're there on your own you're, you're there in your own pocket you know sure. you, you want to get in you want to get out you want to get your qualification you've exactly. taken you've yeah. taken a break from your salary to be there so um, that's it. that yeah. adds to the focus in a big way as well yeah, yeah. um you've, de you've decided to, to make the step back it's not 
it wasn't the natural occurrence to go to college. You decided to go back and, and, and better yourself. Yeah. And I suppose that natural thing of going to college is something we're used to from, say, the leaving cert. It's what am I going to do now? Well, I'll go to college and sure, I'll do something. And if it works exactly. out, it works out. But when you're coming back after, you know, what it was, what, six or seven years, was it in between your level seven and level eight? 10 years 10, 10 years okay so i mean that's you're definitely making a conscious decision for your career to come back so that adds to your focus as well you know yeah and um, it was give it all or nothing that's that's that was, like when i made the decision it was decide to give it all so yeah yeah, yeah. No, basically like, when i went in there it was it was basically to do the work and, and get it done you know so yeah yeah and i, I and I'm, I'm trying to remember now your class as well there was a nice bunch of people um Again, was there was there a couple of one or two other mature students as well? I think there was actually was two. There was actually four of us. Four of yeah, you, yeah. Four, well, it, yeah. yeah, no, that that definitely it definitely adds to the experience for everybody, including us as the lecturers. I think we kind of really enjoy that as well because it can it can be a challenge, but a, a challenge in a good way. You know that we're kind of pushed a little bit, and and personally, I think that's probably a good thing. You know, um, I'm just wondering about what you're doing now. Then, could you maybe describe how, on the surface, it sounds like you're back in roads, but it's not the same as what you were doing before. Is is that is that right? No, no. So it's a different, yeah, different, um, different animal altogether. I suppose you could say, Wayne. Uh, operations and maintenance. So it's 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 new enough to me, but I'm I'm getting my head around it. But we, um, I suppose, we look after the maintenance and the operations for Galway City. So that's fairly self-explanatory. But a lot of urban urban design now is changing. So as you know from the Galway um, transport strategy. Um, a lot of priority has been put on cycleways and on uh, pedestrians. So they, they, they get priority from now on, which is a brand new look into, it's a different light like basically from what was evident before urban design was for vehicles to get through the city as, as um, economically or as, as, as conveniently as possible. Whereas now the, the, we're pushing on to bring in cycle to work, um, walk to work, park and ride, use public transport. And you can see in the city now with the whole mobility plan that we're putting together in the Galway Transport Strategy that a lot of that needs to be developed. So with operations and maintenance, we do a lot of that work. So we try and, um, I suppose, redesign the city to make it more friendly for for pedestrians and, and, and for, for cyclists and obviously for public public transport. Yeah, it's such a big area. And I suppose the, the strategy for Galway is kind of in the headlines for the last well, I suppose it's been in the headlines for Galway for the last 30 years, but more recently with the Onboard Panola appeals and things like that, and I'm not really going to get into that on a publicly available no. podcast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but everybody yeah. knows about the issues, and I suppose it's a challenge in a medieval city as well, just the space. It is, get, it is, uh, yeah. And, things, you know. and Galway is essentially a bottleneck um, from, from the Loch Carve coming down through. And obviously Galway Bay, you kind of there's a pinch point there, and it's 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 desperate for traffic. But like we're trying to alleviate that, and a lot of it is to leave your vehicle at home and 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 see if you can find an alternative uh, method of getting to work. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there's probably a good enough catchment area around Galway that people can do that. You know, the, the, I suppose we all just hop in the car. That's probably just what we're used to. But if you stopped and thought about it. You know, cycling or walking probably is an option for more people than than they kind of realise. And even yeah. just to kind of keep it local in GMIT, it may not be such a, a problem in the current semester. But in in past times, we've we've had issues with car parking, and I've seen it myself. I've seen uh, well, I won't say whether it's students or staff, but I've seen people driving from very close to the college uh, and taking up a parking space and 
you know, there may or may not be reasons for that if they have particular health issues or whatever. But certainly yeah. uh, the car seems to be the first port of call for a lot of people. And it, it probably, probably just needs it's, it's to be. understandable, I suppose. You know, we don't have the greatest weather in the world. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Getting on yeah. the bike on a cold rainy morning isn't the isn't the greatest feeling for anybody. Well, well, well that's, that's true. That, that yeah. that's that's very true. Yeah, and and even the safety involved in going on a bike now it's not not brilliant around Galway. But I know that is a big part of the strategy. So maybe when that's all sorted through on board Panali, you can come back and tell us how it's all been solved. I will. No problem. But we'll, 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 we'll park it. We'll park it for there if you if you excuse the pun. So Noel, can you tell us what's a typical day like for you at the moment? Um, at the moment, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you, um, I'm fairly new in the job, so I'm looking into learning all of the, 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 the work that I need to take on. So um, I am looking after the outdoor staff, which is supervision of our foreman out in site. Um, and a lot of that is in relation to safety. So obviously when you're dealing with a group of people or with a team, you have to make sure that their safety is paramount. So you're talking about safe system work plan, um, obviously safety inspections on a monthly basis. Um, obviously, you know, traffic management plans is, is very important around the city because we're essentially working at roads and footpaths. Um, and then you're looking at really uh, maintenance and design. So you're looking at reinstatement of roads and also um, utilities as well. So there's a lot of work there to be taken on. Um, but mainly it is supervision of staff and making sure everything's done right. Now, there's, there's, there's a lot of tenders to be done there as well. So what we'd be looking at is if we're doing any reinstatement as well, we might tender that out to a company. So you're looking at tender documents, uh, going through contracts, um, assessing costs and prices and getting bills and quantities set up. So there's a lot of engineering work there um, and you're moving more onto a project management uh, side, I suppose, rather than engineering. But um, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's essential. That's more or less what you'll see across Galway City Council anyway. It's, you're, you're, you're kind of managing uh, contractors and you're, you're kind of overseeing their work, um, but a lot of it as well. And, and not to go, like, not to say that it's all contracted out. We do try and keep as much as we can in house, um, and if we can and we can get away with it, we'll try and keep all of our staff uh, busy and, and, and working away too. Oh yeah, I think that's important. You know, um, especially when you're working for a, a local authority and a public entity. You know, you're in the public eye all the time to see. What, how, how, yeah. how the money is being spent and stuff. And I think that's fair enough. A, a level of accountability is, is important. Uh, uh, but, you know, that, that scrutiny is going to come when you're working for a public body, really. Well, yeah. And there's, there's a lot to be said there as well about like, our staff are, they do a lot of work across the city. And I, you can see it. Like, I mean, I, I can see when I drive through the city, the roads are impeccable. They, they are, like, without a doubt. And there are, our crews, I've worked with them. They're brilliant. Like, they are all excellent crews. And one thing you have to understand is that these, all of these teams might be asked to drop everything uh, within a split second and look after an emerging like an emergency like flooding or a burst pipe or, you know, there's a lot of emergencies or even the car accident, they have to go and do a traffic management on that. So like, you know, they're always working away, but there's always that aspect that you have to be pulled away. So you have to be conscious of the fact that if you are working on a, on a large contract job, that, um, you know, that could be left for another day or two open. Um, and that might not please your residents or it might not please, um, let's say, um, shop owners or, or even, even colleges, you know, nobody wants the, the, the footpath to be closed for a day or two. So you have to be conscious of stuff that, like that as well and plan ahead. Yeah, definitely. And just on that then, would you be involved in any kind of consultation processes with the local communities or anything like that as part of your job? 
Well, I was when I was working in the recreation and amenity department, yes. Um, and we do deal a lot with the councillors uh, and they're very helpful going forward. They do help us a lot and they do get us in contact with a lot of the community groups. Um, I know we were, a lot of it, is, it now at the moment is dealing with the pollinator plan going forward. Um, so we were dealing with a lot of groups there who wanted to, to emphasize that in Galway City. Um, obviously, the transport strategy has a lot of their own groups. Um, you might have, um, you know, enthusiasts, engineers and, and communities uh, want to put their own points forward as to how to better improve the city. And they're the people that are living in the city. So you have to listen to them. And obviously, a lot of, a lot of the times they're right and they might have a better answer than we do. So a lot of it is to open, be open about the, people come forward and, and discuss their own opinions. And, and through that, then you, if you're designing for the city and for the residents of the city, then you, you have to listen to them and, and see what they, what they want going forward. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think, I think that could be applied to pretty much any job, really. You know, that the, the, more, the more you ask, the more you're going to find out. And, and nobody, no, there's not one single expert out there. You, you just have to take on board what, what people are going to say, you know. Well, yeah. you mentioned something about a pollinator uh, pr- project. What's the, what's yeah, the... so, um, well, basically at the moment, what we're trying to do is try to emphasis on, on pollinator plans. So a lot of it would be to do with um, our open green areas. So, uh, what we do at the moment is to try and develop, um, I suppose you're trying to better the city for, for, for the wildlife. So for an example would be, um, and what we're trying to do going forward is to maybe not cut the grass in, in our estates or in the parks until maybe after April. And it just gives the bees a chance to, to come and, and, and you know, do what they do naturally. Uh, so what you do is if you leave it till after April and you cut more in May, then you're given a better chance for them to to pollinate, to improve, you know, the, the lifestyle of the bee, I suppose. The environmental side of it is is important. And I won't, I won't lie to you, when when it came to us, we were like, what is what is this? But a lot of people are very enthusiastic about it. And a big issue we had was maybe a lot of the estates didn't want, want their lawns cut. I mean, everybody wants everything to look pretty, but it's not the natural way. The natural way is to let things grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, wildflowers is a very important part of the city and a very important part of the habitat and wildlife going forward. So um, it's great to see that we're actually we're coming away from what the people want and kind of more developing to what wildlife want, wants and what it needs more like to develop itself going forward. So yeah. the city is kind of coming around to the way of thinking that, yeah, wildlife in the city, it's not a bad thing. We can, we can kind of live uh, side by side like you know and and, and obviously um that that helps the environment going forward yeah definitely yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a huge aspect of sustainability really is it's just kind of looking after the ecology uh, in an yeah. urban environment it's one of the things that i suppose kind of thinking traditionally engineering would have been seen as a disruptor to ecology and but but that's changed now when it's kind of a, it's part of it's part of the whole sustainable thing that we all have to kind of be aware of and, and work with it. Of course, yeah. I mean, we, we when we were working on road projects in, with RPS and, and obviously with the city as well, um, a lot of your design is around maybe uh, the wildlife. So basically we were talking about uh, new crossings, uh, badger, developing uh, artificial badger huts, um, bats, um, developing uh, new huts and areas for bats as well. So, and a lot of the budget would go into that, but that's part and parcel of infrastructure going forward you have to you have to take into context like you know that the wildlife that was there previous still needs to be looked after and and they need to be given access as they had before so yeah yeah there's no getting away from it it's, it's just part of the planning and, and construction process really at this stage exactly 
looking back, if you could do one thing differently when you were a student, what would it be? I'm going to contradict myself here now because I said that as a mature student, uh, you're more focused and you got a lot more work done. But if I had to go back and do it all again, I would finish the level eight back in 2006 or I would have gone and, and made sure that I finished the degree back then. Um, it would have made life a lot easier, I suppose. Um, so if you are a mature student, yeah, definitely go back, take the, go back and, 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 and do, do the college degree and get your level eight and push on from there and do your master's if you want to or whatever you need to do. But um, if you are a young student you're starting off, yeah, don't, don't go breaking up your college. Like get it all done and get it out of the way because a lot of your experience will be, I suppose it'll be, um, it'll be judged on what you've done after your level eight. And, and that's one thing you need to kind of be conscious of going forward. Um, and that's one thing that where I kind of felt that that's what I should have done from the start. Um, and that's it really, I suppose. Yeah, that's interesting now what you say there that you kind of get judged on what happens after the level eight. Is, is that, yeah. that's, yeah. you think that's a general thing for, for graduates? It is, it is. I mean, not only for, not only for work, um, but it's also for, for chartership reasons. You know, I mean, um, I have a wealth of experience um, pre my level eight. I mean, and, and a, a lot of the work I was doing was chartered work. I was signing off on, uh, on domestic and, and commercial buildings. I was inspecting rafts, I was checking um, uh, building work, I was checking roof design, and I was signing off on all this, and then that, that was all stopped because I needed to have the level eight and I needed to get my chartership. So that's, and that's the reason I went back to college, whereas if I'd done that from the start, um, it probably wouldn't have affected me at all. Yeah, the flow would have been kind of more constant in, in your route to chartership, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough, yeah. So what, what do you think was the most important thing that you learned in GMIT for your career? Um, well, the great thing about GMIT is you have, you have the three aspects. So you have software design, you have theory, and you've also practical. So the great thing about GMIT is the practical experience. You can get your surveying um, and, you know, and then from, from a software point of view, Civil 3D, BIM, um, GMIT are pushing more towards new technology of uh, building information modeling and um, and how that, that works around projects, especially public projects, you know, and, and in the UK it's mandatory now at the moment. Um, and also like, you know, the theory is there as well. Like, so the great thing about GMIT is you have three aspects. Um, and I also feel you're, you're more prepared to go into the, the workplace from the GMIT because you have these three and a lot of people are happy to see you come in with a bit of software experience or with a bit of surveying experience. Because that's where you're going to start off when you're graduate. You're going to start off with the working with the surveyors and, and, and or working with the software and then you work your way up into a more of a, a management role or into a project manager's role. And um, the great thing about GMIT is it gives you the stepping stone to get there. Um, and the great thing as well, and something that I've basically found when I was working when I was with the GMIT was um, great communication. So you could chat to any of the lecturers and a lot of them have worked for great companies. Um, and if you say, look, I got offered a position here with a company do you know about them or is there anyone else who would be interested in, in my kind of skills? And a lot of the lecturers in GMIT will put you on the right track. And I won't name them all, but like, you know, there are lecturers there who will say, yeah, look, if, if this is what you want to do, that's, that's, that's the way forward. And maybe that's the best option for you. So the communication and, and sticking with people and obviously do the extra, extra bits. If the lecturer actually helps them on something or, or to do something like, you know, make sure you, make sure you, you put your bit forward because you'll be, you'll be um, rewarded at the end. Oh, great. Yeah. I think it sounds like you've, you've nailed kind of the three aspects there that we, we probably would pride ourselves on in, in some, in some ways. 
so this, it sounds like the software was the big thing for you uh, with the level eight anyway. Definitely was. That's, yeah. that's a big yeah. takeaway. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we were designing that level eight, I suppose back in in the early 2010s, uh, the software was something we wanted to get ahead of the curve on, and that's why the level eight was designed predominantly around software and the application of it into a project, an integrated project that relied on a lot of software technology and and skills. So it's yeah. good good to hear that it worked out for you. Would you be able to offer any advice or tips for our current students then, Noel? Um, yeah, so look, I mean, the great thing about engineering is, and I, I would recommend it to anybody, it's, it's a wealth of experience. There's so many different disciplines. You can come from um, a water background. Uh, you could do go into infrastructure, buildings, sewage treatment. Um, there's so many different aspects. And also on top of that, then there's, there's an option to travel because all these disciplines are needed all over the world. So you can travel all over the world if you want. Um, you can work on sites. You can be a resident engineer. And then on the other side, you can probably go and work for a local authority or work for a consultancy and you can stay where you are. So you have the option to come and go and you have the option to go between whatever discipline you want. So there's great experience there. So um, I definitely recommend civil engineering. Um, a lot of it has to do with um, options and choices going forward and, and that's what you have and you don't have that with any much other degrees like I mean if you want to become a teacher that's fine but that's it you're stuck as a teacher if you want to become um, I don't know if it, look, a lot of them are fairly one discipline but civil engineering is such a wide range of what you need to do and and honestly you can you can switch and change between that so you know what you like as you move along and don't be afraid to move into any other discipline like don't be afraid to move from housing to roads um, it's it's the same, I suppose, the word is, how would I say it? Um, it's all the same standard situation. But basically, you learn the standards, you learn the information, and you move on from there. And once you learn to do that with one discipline, you'll start to learn to do it with all discipline. Um, and that's the great thing about working with the local authority. Um, you could be in roads one day, and you could be in parks another. You know what I mean? You could be in water another day, and you could be in housing. You will learn it, because you, you'll have to learn it. You've no choice. Yeah, so you're kind of... Reading between the lines there, you're kind of advising our students that keep your options open, I suppose, and that the degree gives you the flexibility to move around between different kind of uh, subsections within it. It really does. It really does. And, and, and that's the great thing about civil engineering going forward. You've just options for everything. Um, and you don't even have to stay in civil engineering. Like, I mean, you can move on and branch into, um, you branch into, uh, I don't know, transport, um, traffic strategies. Um, you can transport branch into health and safety. Um, there's a lot of different aspects there. And a lot of civil engineers now do take on the responsibility of health and safety. And, and, and that's something that you learn on site. And if that's something you like, then you can push on and maybe become a health and safety officer or an, or an advisor as well. So there's, there's so many different options. And, and for men and women, it's, it's, it's great. Like. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Yeah, you've, you've given a good overview there. Um, I'm going to ask you now kind of a, a hard question. I want you to try and narrow down what you've just been talking about. What would you say is the, the best thing about being a civil engineer? <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of good things about being a civil engineer, but um, gee, that's a good one. I have to think about that now. Um, I suppose you're, if you want, you can look after a project yourself from start to finish. Um, and if you're capable and, you know, if you do rise up into the ranks, you can look after projects up to 50 million, 100 million, 200 million, like it's endless. And if you're in charge of that, like, you know, there's a great bit of responsibility and it's great. You know what I mean? You know that you're looking after that project and that's yours to look after. Um, 
the responsibility is on you. But at the end of the day, when that project is finished, you you can say, look, yeah, I did that, or I was pretty much 90% in charge of all of this, you know, but obviously there's obviously discipline there and people helping you, but as a team or as an individual, even even something as simple as building a house, I mean, if you if you look after the design of a house from start to finish, you look maybe you, do, you might do the planning, you might do the design, you might look after the to, to finish out, you know, and to sign it off and certification, and obviously the the supervision of of all the contract work. But at the end of the day, you look at that and say, yeah, that was essentially uh, me from start to finish. Great help from from maybe great contractors as well. But at the end of the day, yeah, that's the great thing about it. It's it's the the responsibility that you've been given. Yeah, and the the kind of sense of pride of completing it then and being able to Definitely. stand back and look at it, and especially if it's a landmark thing, and maybe that's one of the advantages. I'm sure there's more, but it's one of the advantages in working for a local authority is that you're going to be able to see those landmark things as you're living in the area for the rest of your life, really. And it'll, sure. always, it'll always be something that you did. You've got your mark on it. Yeah, that's very true, Wayne. Yeah. Some of it could be negative, some of it could be positive. But, of know. course, yeah, yeah, of course, um, yeah. But you'd hope it would be all positive, you know? Uh, it is mostly, yeah. I mean, what we do going forward in the local authority is we always consult um, the councillors and always consult the people in the city. Um, there might be one or two where we might miss the ball a small bit, but that's, it's all in good faith. But going forward, we're, we're trying to do our best for for. For, for the city of Galway, like, you know. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, of course, that's the overarching philosophy. Um, so that's just about it, Noel. Um, if you'd like to share any kind of contact details, maybe anybody listening would, somebody out there might want to get in touch with you and have a chat and maybe get some advice off you and tap into your wealth of experience if you're happy to share anything. Yeah, sure, if you're not already fed up listening to me rambling on here but yeah i'm on linkedin um it's noel o'kelly um you might see me i'm, I'm under the galway city council um on linkedin as well so you're welcome to send me a message and i will definitely get back to everybody who wants to get in contact with me and um, any information you need going forward yeah great yeah because it sounds like you've done a lot from 2006 right up until now between your residential and your your design stuff with rps and your parks and rec and now into into uh, maintenance uh so yeah i think you've got a lot of information there that people yeah that's and i'll be honest that's only the tip of the iceberg i mean um there, i think there was a bit of work there in the uk as well actually i worked for a former company over in the uk as well for masterson's holdings um that's where i got my first experience for summertime um, and I love that working in the UK so do travel if you're if you if you want to like civil engineering if you want to check it out make sure you get your experience in your summer times uh, in engineering and you'll get a better idea of what you need to do and you'll have more of a respect for the, for the position and, and, and for getting your best um, I suppose your best uh, score out of your degree at the end of the day. Mm. Okay, great. No, that's, that sounds interesting. Yeah, well look um, we'll leave it there for, for now Noel and, and maybe when we've finally solved the traffic issues in Galway, you might come back and maybe run through what what we need to know about that. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I'm looking out for the traffic now, are we? <laughs> 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 I don't uh, take no, responsibility you, for the traffic in Galway. Just a uh, disclaimer no, right there. <laughs> no, and I'm sure I'm sure you have an inside line that you can share some of the insights uh, when it's all when when the dust has settled on it. Yeah, well, it's going in the right direction, I suppose. That's what I'd, I'd like to say. Good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Listen, Noel, thank you very much for taking part in this episode. Wayne, always a pleasure. Thanks very much.
So there you have it. That's Noel's story. I hope you enjoyed listening to that just as much as I enjoyed chatting with Noel and catching up with him. And I think there are a couple of things that are worth just highlighting in the conversation. First of all, the fact that Noel sees his degree in civil engineering as something that gives him an opportunity to be flexible in the type of discipline that he goes into. And he explains that quite clearly and quite well. And also, I liked when Noel was talking a little bit about his decision to come back to college as a mature student and how that worked out for him. And hopefully, if you're in a position where you're thinking about coming back to college, you'll have found that part of the discussion and conversation useful. And Noel has given you his contact details, so you can always get in touch with him if you wanted to talk to him a little bit more about that. Now, I did also mention about a loyalty card. Well, unfortunately, the bad news is there is no such thing as a loyalty card that I'm aware of. So if you were going to get in touch with me about a discount, I'm afraid there's not much point in that. However, if you want to get in touch with me about taking part in the podcast or nominating somebody else to take part in the podcast, I'd be absolutely delighted to hear from you. And the best way to reach me is via email to wayne.gibbons at gmit.ie. Until next time, stay safe.